0: You can sit down, Brandon. You can sit down. You're just like my wife. We have to get you to sit down because you won't sit down. <laughs> so anyway, I just want to pray for him and then we'll hand over to him. And so, Father, we thank you for a, a wonderful, wonderful word that comes out this morning, that your Holy Spirit would anoint it, that it would cut through any bondage, any, any stuff uh, uh, stopping people from serving you in the way that they should and so I thank you for that this morning Lord in the wonderful name of Jesus amen good morning Um, we are gonna discover a great miracle in this place this morning as I preach the Lord Jesus is gonna give each and every one of you the gift of discernment that you may understand me properly amen yes can you understand me they're telling me to speak slow and take it easy, and that's just not who I am. I can't do that. So, but it's not my voice you want to be hearing this morning, it's his amen. So I'm going to talk about, look, just before we go into this, it's a privilege to be here, and I mean that. I don't do the Christianese sort of stuff, you know. I don't do, I actually don't even do Christian politeness, I know. You know, I'm sort of rough and ready. That's the way the Lord met me. And he is changing me, but I'm not exactly there yet at the moment. But this is the thing. We don't get to choose the churches that we preach in when we come over here. Honestly. And I, I'm a bit of a weeper for Jesus, so you'll get to see that you're on uh, the preach. But if I had to have picked a church to preach in this morning, let me tell you this. It would have been this church. I don't know anybody really. I don't really know um, Patia Roland. <laughs> Told you. I don't lie. <laughs> um, but I feel there's something of my heart here. I feel like I've stepped into church, air church, this morning, just even coming in the doors. And I, I don't know what type of people, whether you're upper class, middle class, lower class, working class, whatever that is, I don't know what that is. I don't know whether you're full of bondage or addiction or whatever else is is going on in your life. I don't know. But I tell you, I feel that this is my church this morning. And the lad says, you know, we don't know Paul. I know Paul. We have the same spirit. And we have the same spirit in this room this morning. Each and every one of us that are born again of his spirit amen amen i don't know where i'm going even with me preaching this morning this is how hard this is gonna be i got a word from the lord yesterday as i was seeking his face and uh for hours i couldn't get it and uh, i was just sitting there and i was praying and i said lord i had a message coming over and uh i said lord i believe you have another message for this community this morning in this place and um I couldn't get a war till about three o'clock. And uh, at three o'clock, I got a text from somebody in Ireland that I had led to the Lord about two months ago. And this was a broken man. I'm going to actually share a bit of his testimony, him and his brothers. Because I believe this morning in this place that God doesn't want to just restore. God just doesn't want to heal or forgive I believe that the Lord Jesus wants to make new in this place this morning. You know, he says, Your former things have passed away, they're gone, they're got rid of in your life. And if we're honest, a lot of us as Christians walk through where Christian walk, carrying a lot of baggage. Amen? Do you get that? I get that. There's loads of us as Christians, and we walk through this walk. And we sing about freedom, and we sing about deliverance, and we sing about this, but yes, we're bound. And I've entitled my preach this morning, The Woe Is Past. That was the preaching that the Lord gave me, that we're no longer under the woe, we're under the blessing. Amen. So if you put up the first scripture, and I'm, that's not the first scripture. No, okay, let's just go to this. Isaiah. Told you, we're progress. <laughs> we're learning. I'll walk out more sanctified this morning, more than you is probably. Amen. So we don't, look, I'm going to just speak it out. We'll just leave that behind, you. Yeah? So Isaiah, we're going to talk about Isaiah this morning. Isaiah was a religious man. If you read the story of Reliah, Isaiah from 1 to 6, you will see that Isaiah was religious in everything he'd done. You know, he says, ah, they're horrible people, they're horrible people. Woe to you, woe to him, woe to who, woe to them. And he was always woeing. <laughs> he'd done an awful lot of woeing in his life, looking down his nose, judging people of every culture around him no matter where you came from, he had a word from the Lord into your life and then in, in chapter 6 you see Isaiah and he and he has a glimpse of the glory of God he has a glimpse of Jesus the risen king and what I saw it do straight away—he stops pointing the finger around him and saying, "Woe is you," and he starts saying, "Woe is me. I am a man of unclean lips, and I live amongst the people that is unclean." And he says, "I'm ruined." Because I have seen the Lord in all his glory. I am ruined. Do you ever feel that you're ruined? That you're in a pit that, that you're not getting out of? There's no release. There's no freedom. No matter what you do, how many times you pray or fast, there's still this thing on you. And there's no freedom from it. I say, I'm ruined. I just have to settle in this place and walk through this walk of drudgery. That's not God's will for our lives. Jesus says that I've come to give you life and life in abundance. Life in, in abundance. And that abundance begins at the cross. And if we are to be honest in this place this morning, there's a lot of us that have come to the cross for forgiveness, but we're not living in the benefits of the cross. We see Jesus as Lord and as Savior, but we don't know him as healer. We don't know him as as deliverer. Oh, he's okay to forgive me of all my sins, but do I know him as the one that heals me, that sets me free, that allows me to walk in the abundance of his life? He says, I'm no longer alive. It's no longer me that lives, but him that lives in and through me. That's abundance. Can I ask you today? Am I too loud here? Am I clear? See, the miracle has (laughs) occurred. Can I ask you today, do you know him as the Lord of glory? Do you know him as Jesus, the one that loves you so much that he was willing to leave his throne in heaven and come down and die for you? If you notice, you will walk in the benefits of God. You know, as a child, I was sharing there last week with a couple of the lads. And as a child, I was abused. At six years of age, I was sexually abused by a priest. At eight years of age, I was sexually abused by a woman. And this put stuff on me. I was doing things at 10 years of age that a a little boy shouldn't be doing because my life was in turmoil and and chaos. And can I just say this, we as men struggle with this. We struggle with this abuse and stuff that has happened to us and been put on us at the hands of others. And you know, I just feel the Lord want to say to you this morning that it wasn't your fault. It wasn't your fault. And you don't have to live with it and carry it as a burden. It is for what? Freedom that Christ Jesus has set you free. So I was messed up as a kid because I was abused. I was abused verbally by my parents. They never had a good word to say about me. They always said that I would amount to nothing. That you're a waster. You're no good. Look at your brother. Look at your sister. Why can't you be like them? I always felt like an orphan. A stranger in this world. Anybody feel like that today? I'm an orphan. I don't fit in. I'm like a round piece of wood trying to fit into a square hole. Anybody feel like that today? Like, Let's be honest about this. See, I believe that God is in the moment. Do you believe that? Do you believe that in all things, God is working for your good and for my good? Do you believe that? Well, I have to believe that the message that God has sent me to preach today has been given from him for you, not for me. It's for you. Because God wants to bring us, each and every one of us, out into the more, into the abundance. You know, sometimes I think as, as Christians, we believe in the abundance of God is when we're blessed and when it comes on us, when we're given a little gift or we're, we're given a little whatever. But the abundance of God begins at the cross. It begins when we receive Christ into our hearts. God in me. The Holy Spirit. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is now in me. And I'm alive. I'm alive. I didn't know what life was. I needed drugs to get me through the day. And loads of drugs. I had this insatiable hunger just to fill this emptiness and loneliness and and degrading in my life. I was full of shame, guilt because of somebody else. These people put this on me and I carried it through my life for 24 years. And then I met Jesus. And then I met Jesus. And I don't know about you. I don't know where you're at today in your walk with the Lord. But I can tell you this. I believe in the full blessing of the cross of Jesus Christ. I believe when he said it is finished, it was completed. That everything that he bought and paid for with his precious blood on the cross now is favorable to me. That I can obtain grace into my life. I can obtain mercy. I can can obtain freedom because of his sacrifice. That is the full blessing of the cross. When I talk about Isaiah, you see, as I said, he says, woest me. I'm a man that lives around the people of unclean lips. The people around me are, are dirty. I'm recognizing, in a sense, for the first time, I am like them. I am like them. And I need this Savior as much as they do. And one of the things that blew my mind yesterday is that when the Lord came down as an angel and touched his, his mouth with the, with the tongs of coal, it was like conversation was opened. And God started saying to him, who will I send? And Isaiah in boldness turned around and says, look, send me. See, the thing about it is, when you meet with Jesus Christ, you know that from this point on, your life is not your own. You know that you've been dead. You know that you've been living amongst a people of uncleanness. You know that. You sense it. Your eyes is is open to sin. I was sharing again, when I got saved, one of the struggles that I had when I used to listen to preachers was that when somebody would say that I was a sinner I would automatically feel dirty I would just automatically feel dirty and I would run out of the church I wouldn't accept, I would actually want to box the preacher this was BC now I don't do that anymore But I'd run out of the church. And Mac and Nadine come over to Ireland there a while ago. And they'd done a soul care course with us. And I realized around certain people of authority, I just, something happened to me, you know. I got, ugh, you know. And um, we'd done a course on soul care. And the Lord revealed to me through that soul care course, why I am the way I am around certain people. And I had this picture of this priest abusing me. And as he's abusing me, he's calling me a dirty, filthy sinner. He's saying to me that it's my fault he's abusing me. And if it wasn't for me, he wouldn't be abusing me. What a transference. And I carried that For most of my life. And that directed my life. I was never happy. I was suicidal. I hated my life. I always wanted to die. I had a rope. In my attic. Hanging. Just waiting for the day that I'd get. The strength enough to get up to it. And take my life. That was before Jesus. And that was put upon me by somebody that wasn't part of my life. And there's been loads of other stuff that has been put on me by people, by words. You know, I've come from a life, in my whole life I was a gangster. I've been shot twice at point blank range. I have two miracles. No, I actually have about 100 miracles in my life. But of two amazing miracles in my life that people don't survive. Two hitmen at two different occasions came into my house and shot me at point-blank range. The first person that shot me was only a foot and a half away from me. You don't miss. You don't miss a shotgun at a foot and a half. And um, the second person was only six foot away. And the Lord saved me through that. Uh, he done an amazing miracle. When the first fella shot me I didn't see the hand of God, but I know it was the hand of God because everything happened in slow motion. And as the pellets was coming to me like a big ball, I seen them coming towards me heart. And all of a sudden, they just took another route. And I could see them as a big ball going up and over. And he hit the pellet. That's a miracle. See, the the thing about it is the God that we serve is a miracle-walking God. The God that we serve is the healer of hearts. Here's the boy, he's the one that binds up the, the wounds of brokenness. You know, one of the scriptures I was going to read there, this is what it says. You and I are here this morning, not because of our goodness, our righteousness, our good way of living. You and I are here to, today simply on the basis of love. Love. He blows me mind. Like, why, Lord, would you Why would you love me? Do, do, do you see how, how dirty and vile that I am? Do you know what goes on in, in my life? Do you know what I've done in my past? And still, this love is poured into my heart. You know, when I got born again, as I said, I I couldn't handle the the word sin. It made me feel dirty. So I needed something more than just a telling about Jesus. I needed to experience him. I needed a touch from heaven that would change and transform me. I seen people coming in and out of church because I was doing church, but I wasn't saved. I was baptized and I wasn't saved. I did not believe that Jesus would come from heaven, be crucified for me, because I didn't think anybody would love me that much. Nobody showed me that love before. I was the unclean one. I was the dirty one. I was the rejected one. Nobody would show me love like that. How can I trust this person that says he loves me unless I experience firsthand his love for me? So when I met with Jesus, I had a vision of him just like Isaiah. On the cross, High and lifted up, the train of his robe filling the temple. I seen the seraphim and the cherubim shouting and screaming, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And I looked into his face. I looked into his face, and all I could see was love. He should have been judging me. He should have been pointing the finger. He should have been hating me and rejecting me. And all I seen was love. 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 And I looked into his face. And I says, woe is me. Woe is me, for I am unclean. You know, I was a heroin addict, a crack addict, a methadone addict. I was every addict under the sun when I came to Jesus. And when I looked into his face, when I looked into his face, all I could ask him for was forgiveness. See, I knew at that moment in time that no matter what had been done to me, it was me that was making the the decisions to ruin my life. I was the one that was walking around carrying the abuse that somebody had put on me 28 years beforehand. I was carrying that and allowing that to, to dictate the direction in my life. I was allowing that. And we can do that as Christians. When they're not willing to, to lay down. It's funny, when, when Isaiah, when the angel came to Isaiah, he took a, a coal from the altar and he says, your, your sin, your guilt has been took away. Your sin has been forgiven. And it's funny, it was an altar. Because there's some of us in here this morning and we need to come to that altar. There's some of us in here this morning that need to lay down. The abuse that we have suffered at the hands of the enemy. There's some of us in this place that we have listened to that lie that we will never amount to anything in our lives. And we need to lay it on the altar of grace. Oh, there's some of us in this room this morning and we are carrying hearts and pain from the people that were supposed to love us. Edify us, build us up, and encourage us in the ways of life, never mind even God. And they set us from the word go on a path of destruction. You can look free, but you're not free. You can sing about freedom and deliverance, but you're bound by heart and pain. The Word of God says, because of his great love for me, God, who is rich, 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 abundant in mercy, made me alive in Christ, even when I was dead. Is that not love? Is that not love? For God so loves me. Personality that He sent His one and only Son; that if I believe in Him, I will not perish, but have eternal life. Tell me this today. Do you know this, Savior? Seriously, let's be honest before God. Are you born again of His Holy Spirit? Are you living in the abundance of His life, not your life, because your life is dead? I'm living there with supernatural life in Christ. You know, each and every one of us, regardless of what was spoken into your life in the past, each and every one of us in this room this morning, God's got a plan for. God's got a purpose. Did you know that there's there's purpose on your life this morning? Like seriously, whether you're eleven or eighty. I'll say the 80 because we were talking to a lady the other day and she was sort of saying, you know, at 50 in South Africa, it's like you're going over the hill. I said, I rebuke you now in the name of Jesus. I'm not accepting that. Life begins at 50. I'm telling you. (laughs) Doesn't it? Amen. I can jump higher now than I've ever jumped. I can't dance. But because of his great love for me and you, God, who was rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ. Even when we were in darkness, even when we were enemies of of him, the woe is past. I am now seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that God's got a plan and a purpose for your life or do you believe it's only for the Andrew Sellys or the, the Jonathan Stanfields or the Peter Nemhards? Do you believe that there's greatness in you this morning? There is. I'm going to give you a shocker. Do you believe this morning that you are here to fulfill the walk that Jesus started? Come on, there's only one or two saying yes there. Now seriously, do you believe that you are alive today to finish what God started? Now don't just say, yeah, if you don't believe it. This is what he says. If you believe in me, this is what he says about you. Do you believe in God this morning? Do you believe in Jesus? Well, this is what he says into your life. This is a word from heaven into each and every life in this place today. If you believe in me, he says... You will do the things that I have been doing, even greater things than these, for I am going to the Father. Each and every one of us in this room have been commissioned with glory and power. Each and every one of us in this room are more than conquerors, we're overcomers. Come on, folks. You and I have greatness in their lives do you know him have you seen the lord of glory have you experienced his goodness or just have you learned about him along the way have you had an encounter in your life that has changed you forever and ever that you know that you are no longer your own born again I'm born again. I was a robber, a thief, a drug addict, a this, a that, everything. I'm now spotless. Most of us, if we're honest, even in a Christian walk, live in the woe is me, woe is me, woe is me. And we do the cross of Jesus Christ and injustice by not taking hold. Look, I've done this for you. I've given you life and life in abundance. Take hold of it. Walk in it. Walk in your destiny. Walk in your power. Amen. Is that not the cross? Is that not the cross? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. All things. So I'm going to share a, a little testimony with two men in their church. Last, uh, two years ago, I got a phone call of one of our brothers. And he says, Tommy, will you speak to my brother? He tried to commit suicide last night. And uh, he's at home in a bit of a state. He wasn't coming to church, didn't know Jesus as his Lord and Savior. Had religion, but that's all he had. And man, it's pitiful, isn't it? Isn't it pitiful? If all we have, if all we get out of this is religion, oh man, imagine that. You know, he says about religion, if you have religion, he says grace is is of no value to you. Take hold of my grace. Take hold of my benefits. Get rid of the religion. Get rid of traditions. Get them out. Throw them out the care window. Get rid of them. Because these things bring you into bondage. I live in a Catholic country where it's all Hail Mary. And their country is in such a bondage because of religious traditions. Nearly 95% of Irish people have suffered sexual, not even physical, that's another level, but sexual abuse at the hands of our priests. That's serious stuff. Abuse is rampant. In every country. Not just Ireland. In every country. It's a fallen world. Under the wiles of the wicked one. We should not be surprised at this. But Jesus came to break that over your life and to set you free from this stain of guilt and shame. It's a stain. And only Him and Him alone can get rid of it. Only Him can make you spotless. Did you know that? Spotless. No matter what the stain has been in your life, Jesus is the only one. That can remove that stain out of your life. You know what religion does to it? It puts more to it. It makes you feel more dirty. What was, what was me? What was you? What was who? What was them? What was everybody? And you feel good being in the world because I'm not half as bad as them. And I point the finger. You meet with Jesus and it's woe was me? What was me? So I met this man and who tried to commit suicide. And I says, Shaman, what's going on, man? And he says, I just can't handle life any longer. He told me he was abused at the hands of somebody. And uh, he was watching a Michael Jackson documentary. He had forgot all about it. Never thought about it in his life. He's 60 years of age. And him and his wife sat down on a Friday night to watch this documentary about... Michael Jackson. And then it's all about abuse and that. And something just clicked. He got up the next morning, went to work, bought a six can of beer, drank them, and then tried to plow his vehicle into a wall on our main road. He says, I just can't handle this. I can't live with this abuse. I spent years pushing it back, pushing it back and, and still staying in me. It's, a, it's still a blot. I feel unclean. I feel dirty. That's what it does to you. It makes you feel dirty. And I know Jesus as Savior. I know he, the cross is about forgiveness. But there is so much more. So I said what you need to do is you need to open up your heart to Jesus and you need to invite him into your life and you need to allow him to clean that stain, to take away the guilt and, and take away the shame. He is now in church two years. He's never tried to do that again and he is fully restored. So yesterday I couldn't get it. This is our God. Don't lose sight of that this morning. The air God is actually the same yesterday, today, and forever. And God loves people. God loves those that are made in his image. If he didn't love us, why would he make us in his image? Let us make those in our image. That's a conversation that God was having with Jesus and and the Holy Spirit. Let's make them in our image. I am made. I don't know about you. In the image of God. You're looking at a masterpiece up here this morning. I'm telling you. Don't go all religious on me. No, you're a fool. You're a woe. No, you're looking at a masterpiece. I am bought with the precious blood of Jesus. Money, gold, silver can not pay for what God has done in my life. I am a masterpiece. Amen. Do you feel like a masterpiece this morning? Huh? Or maybe a bit, you know, boy, have it all together. When God sees me, he sees beauty. This is her God. So I got a text off one, another fellow yesterday from church, and, and this is what confirmed this message. Because I couldn't get it up to this point. And he says, Tommy, can I read it? And I just love Jesus. I really do love Jesus because... It, I know what he has done, and I know what he wants to do. So this is what he sent me yesterday. He only got saved a couple of months ago. He's been medicated for the last 20 years of his life on antipsychotics, antidepressants. He's been suicidal Throughout his life, he has a beautiful family that he can't enjoy. Can't look at his his family because of the abuse that he suffered, at the sexual abuse that he suffered at the hands of others. And he's got a beautiful, beautiful family. And he carries so much guilt and so much shame that it's unbelievable that he needs medication just to blot it out of his life because he can't handle the pain that is associated with the abuse that he suffered. And this is what he says, he says, "'Good morning, boss,' they call me boss. "'Hope you had a great time.'" He says, "'I won't make it in the morning of a race.'" He's a a long-distance runner. He told me he runs to try clear out what's going on in his head. This is escapism, isn't that what they call it? He says, "'I won't make it in the morning of a race.'" Of a race, unfortunately. I have to say, this is his words, not mine. I'm a new man. He says, I'm a new man. Since back in church. He says, I'm off all my meds. Since I'm back and I'm doing good often. I hate missing church. He says, I ran a 10 mile race last week. And I made a promise to God that I don't want to be missing church. So I flew around the race to 10 miles. And he says, I went to church in my gear. <laughs> he went to his, to church sweating in my running gear. In, in my running gear. And this is what he says to me. He says, you know, Tommy, good things are coming. I can feel it. Thank you, Jesus. See, only Jesus can do something like that. Only Jesus can bind up the wounds of your brokenness. I, you can come to me as somebody that's broken, and I'm going to give you advice. But the only advice that I can truly give you is speak to him. Speak to him. I know that he is the binder of ruins. I know that he's the healer of hearts. I know that he is the restorer of life. Why? Because I read it? No. I experienced it When I came to Jesus, when I had that vision of him on the cross, fell on my knees, I cried like a baby. Oh, Jesus, 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 forgive me. See, I knew, regardless of what had been done to me, that it was my life and my sin that nailed him to that cross. And I knew that I had a part to play with him going to that cross. And I said, forgive him, forgive me, Lord, forgive me for that. I didn't ask him to get my beautiful wife back, my family back. I didn't ask him to get me off drugs. I I didn't ask him to heal me mind or get rid of the effects of abuse on my body. But I was like Solomon. Because I asked him for forgiveness, he gave me everything else. I got up off the ground. I went to the ground and addicted Heroin addict. I was on 2,000 euros worth of cocaine a day. I was robbing, teething, up to all sorts for it. I was addicted to methadone for years and heroin. I was injecting heroin into my veins for years. I was hopeless. I had no future. I overdosed about 20 times. I've been in hospital seven, eight times for extreme violence. I was a wretch. I would have killed you in a minute and taught nothing about her. That's who I was. I was a wretch. I've gone out to kill people. I've never murdered anybody. Thank you, Jesus. But I've gone out to do it. I've gone out to shoot people. I've gone out to do all sorts. And I believe that's even the mercy of God. I got above that ground, a new person. I had no addiction. I had no addiction. All those years of drug abuse gone. No effects of addiction. No cold talkie. No sickness. No pain. No effect from the drugs that I had put into my years over, uh, into my life over 20 years. No effect from them and I was a man. I felt like a man for the first time in my life. I had kids, I had a wife, and I I wasn't a good father. I wasn't a good husband. But that moment that I felt I'm a man, and I'm not, but I can be, and see this woman that's sitting here, I can honestly tell you this, and I'm a bloke, man, and I'm a hard man, you know what I mean, big boys don't cry, you know, that type of rubbish, because that's rubbish, when God gives you a new heart, he gives you a tender heart, let me tell you, and I weep, and I cry for Jesus, at his mercy, I'm writing a book at the moment, and we're going through stuff, and I just sat on my seat, my sofa there after doing the last thing with the with the author, and, and, and I just wept. I, I just wept and wept and wept, not because of oh this it's amazing writing a book, but I wept because I know the depths in which he has took me from, and I know now the freedom in in which I'm walking. And see this woman, a week before I got saved, I will tell you the truth. I was chasing her around their house, trying to shoot her with a saw off shotgun. Because I blamed this woman on my miserable (laughs) existence. (laughs) I blamed me ma, my mother, my father. I blamed the weather. If the weather had been just good out, I'd be feeling better. I blamed everybody. And that type of person, oh, this is miserable. This is horrible. That's what I've done. And you meet Jesus and, whew, he, what was me? What was it me? It's me that's been doing this. And I think that's why I cried. I realized the last 24 years of my life, I allowed what happened to me when I was six and eight to, to dictate the path that I took in life. And, and I didn't know Jesus. And I know everything is in the moment. But you know something? Today could be your moment. Seriously. Today could be your moment. If I believe that God is in the moment of everything, today could be your moment. So sorry, this woman. This is, this is God, and only God can do this. A week before I got saved, I was chasing Brenda around the house with a son off shotgun, trying to shoot her because I blamed her for my miserable existence. I have a relationship now since that day I met with Jesus Christ, and I'm going to tell you, men, this is quite amazing, and only Jesus. I'm 22 or three years with Brenda. And as I'm driving home from work now, I get this warm feeling in my heart that I'm going to see my wife in five minutes. I love her more than anything else. Well, next to Jesus. I've told people leave church that it says, if Brenda doesn't follow Jesus, I'm getting rid of it. I'm going to walk on. Because it's loving him first. But I have an amazing relationship with Brenda. My life has been completely changed by the love and the mercy of Jesus Christ. And, you know, I'm 54 now, and it only gets better. I wanted to say, it only gets better, baby. (laughs) It only gets better. But God is so good. So I do believe that the Lord sent me here this morning with this message. And I believe that there's loads in this audience here today that maybe you don't know Jesus in the way Isaiah did. Maybe you've been brought up in tradition of church, religion. Come on, let's be honest. We've all been there, haven't we? Even in our Christian walk, there's times where we've skewed back into tradition and religion. That's not for each and every one of us in this room. God is something better. Amen. And maybe I hear this morning because you have been abused. Sexually, verbally, mentally. Because abuse is abuse, you do know that. Maybe you have suffered all your life at the, at the hands of someone else and, and God is saying to you, look, eh, today is your moment. Today is your moment. Today is the day that I'm going to break that bondage because it is a bondage over your life. Maybe you're here today because Jesus Christ wants to save you, because of his great love for you. God, who is rich in mercy, wants to make you alive today in Christ Jesus. Let me tell you, if you don't have a conversion story, you're most likely not a convert. If you can tell me, with all honesty, when you met with Jesus, you most likely don't know about him. You know of him, but you don't know about him. Unless you were born again. And I love that. Do you know what I'm trying to get? Religious people are trying to get born again, took out of the book. Because it's offensive. It's offensive to the nominal Christians. Well, I want to tell you, brother, today I am born again. I am spirit-filled. I am Bible-believing. I am resurrecting, walking. I am living for Jesus. Amen. So let us be honest. As we conclude, where are you in your walk today? Are you walking in bondage? Let me tell you. Jesus wants to bring victory and freedom don't let this moment go please don't let this moment go if anything that I've been speaking about this morning has been touching your heart let me tell you that this is Jesus pulling at the strings of your heart simply over love Jesus loves you He loves you more than you will ever know. You cannot comprehend it. You can't understand it. Why me? Who am I that you are mindful of me? You've seen me in my dirtiness and my brokenness. And you're still mindful of me. You know, I I believe with everything that is within me today, that the Lord Jesus Christ wants to bring freedom into your life. And if anything that I've been said saying this morning has touched your heart, if you are broken because of the hands of... I want to pray with you. I'm not going to do a mighty altar call, but let us come together as we finish this off. Amen. Is there anybody in this room that doesn't know Jesus? Don't be embarrassed. Look at, don't let this moment go. Don't be proud. Don't allow pride pride to stop you from coming into all that God has for you. Are you born again of his spirit? Are you living the abundance of life? Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior? Have you invited him into your life to be your Lord? And as as your saviour, or do you just hear about it? I'm going to give you the invitation today from heaven. Not me, but Jesus. If you want to receive, let us just bow our heads here this morning. Before God, God knows each and every one of your hearts. I can pull out. I could call out everyone in this place that I know the Lord is touching your hearts this morning. So don't be ashamed. You walked there long enough in shame and disgrace. If you are here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, you've been brought up in tradition and religion, but you want to know Him because nothing has changed in your life. Can I ask you, just to simply put up your hand, just to put up your hand? Don't be embarrassed. Don't be shy. Be bold, be courageous, and say, Lord, I, I want to know you in the full blessing of Pentecost this morning. I want to know you in the full blessing of your cross. Amen. Hallelujah. If you're here this morning, put up your hand if you don't know Jesus. Amen. Invite him into your life. Anybody? Come on. Come out of that tradition. Come out of that religion. It just brings death into your life. Come into freedom. Come to the cross and see Him in all His glory this morning. Allow Him to walk in and through you today. Amen. So let us just bow our heads. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus, you know everyone in this place this morning. You know where everybody is at in their lives, Father God. You know everything about them. Lord, you know those who are yours and those who are not. Jesus. and Father